The White Witch, said Edmund. Who's she? She's a perfectly terrible person, said Lucy. She calls herself the Queen of Narnia, though she has no right to be queen at all. And all the fawns and the dryads and the naiads and the dwarves and animals, at least all of the good ones, simply hate her. And she can turn people into stone and do all kinds of horrible things. And she's made of magic so that it always is winter in Narnia. Always winter, but it never gets to Christmas. And she drives about on a sledge drawn by a reindeer with her wand in her hand and a crown on her head. Welcome to the Chronicles of Podcast, where we are doing a chapter-by-chapter deep dive into the Chronicles of Narnia by C.S. Lewis. I'm Chase. And I'm Kel. And thank all of you for joining us today. Uh, Just a reminder that we are talking about The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe today, uh, but a general spoiler warning for the entire Narnia series, and a heads up that we talk about a lot of other stories that we like as well. So we'll do our best to give spoiler warnings if we do that. Um, But today, we are discussing The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, Chapter 4, Turkish Delight. Mm, That's a food. Delicious. Uh, Chase, I'd like to start us off with a quick summary, if you may. So, the queen repeats, what are you? Asking if he's an overgrown dwarf with a shaved beard or something else. Edmund says, no, he's a boy. She asks if she means that he's a son of Adam. Weird phrasing again, but he doesn't understand. She calls him an idiot and asks him if he's a human. He confirms, of course. Uh, Even worse, he says he came to Narnia through a wardrobe. Stop. The queen says that this could wreck everything, but he's the only one, and he'll be easy enough to take care of. Sounds sketchy. Uh, Then she seems to change her mind, change your tone. And she invites him into her carriage, saying that he looks cold, red flag. She then offers him something hot to drink, another red flag. She then pulls out a small bottle, dropping one into the snow, where it transforms into a steaming jeweled cup. The dwarf picks it up, hands it to Edmund. The queen asks him if if he's hungry, if he'd like anything to eat. He answers, Turkish delight, the most red flag. Uh, The queen lets another drop into the snow, where it turns into a round box with a Green ribbon filled with Turkish delight, and Edmund has never tasted anything more delicious. And as he eats, the queen asks him some questions, and Edmund reveals that he has two sisters and a brother. And the queen is surprisingly very interested in the fact that there are four of them, two boys and two girls. And Edmund gets to the bottom uh, of the of the box, and, and he wants some more because there's some kind of magic that makes him want more and more and never feeling satisfied. And the queen said that she wants to meet his siblings. That if she brought that if he brought them, she would give him more Turkish delight. Oh boy, uh, she says she can't give him more now. But if he brings them to her house, she'll give him all that he wants. Not only that, but he could be a prince at her house and a king of Narnia when she's gone. Edmund asks why they can't just go now, but the queen says that she wants to meet his relations and make them dukes and duchesses. This doesn't appeal to Edmund as much, saying they aren't nearly as special as him. But then the queen pivots to say he'll forget about them at her house. The only way to get what he wants is by bringing them to her. Seems like a sketchy red flag situation here again. The queen instructs him on how to get back to his world and how to get to her house. Weird. She also says not to tell them about her, to make it a surprise. Red flag. He gets out of the sleigh and the queen pulls away. Suddenly, Edmund hears Lucy calling his name, exclaiming how wonderful it is that he found his way into Narnia and that this world is truly real. Lucy had been having lunch with dear Mr. Tumnus. What? Lucy says the white witch hasn't hurt Tumnus at all and says that she calls herself the queen of Narnia, even though she has no right to be. 
Edmund feeling uncomfortable from too many sweets and maybe befriending an evil fascist dictator, wanted to talk about something else and parroted the queen's words about not trusting fawns because everyone knows that you shouldn't enter wardrobes and close the door behind you, and everyone knows that you shouldn't trust fawns. Lucy says it's great that he got there, and now that all the other siblings will have to believe them, uh, and they can all come in and have adventures, and Edmund's already thinking about uh, the how he's going to be the only one on the witches, i.e. the evil fascist dictator's side, and uh, that it wouldn't be as fun for him because they'll all pick the sides of the fawns and the animals. They make their way back into the wardrobe and into the empty room. Edmund feeling sick from his candy and fascism and Lucy excited about the adventures to come. As we all are. Uh, so our theme for this chapter is manipulation. Um, it, it'll be pretty obvious along the way. Uh, but Kel, what is a boy if not a tall dwarf with a shaved beard? It's a great question, Chase. Uh, I would say, you know, a short giant also with a shaved beard. Oh, true, true. As long Um, as you're shaved. As long as they're shaved. But (laughs) this question, uh, she asks again, we talked about this last uh, podcast, but she asks, what are you? I have two observations. First, shouldn't she know? Like, she's seen human children before, and this is obviously different than the people in Narnia. uh, Or, you know, whatever. There are humans in Narnia. At least there were. <laughs> there, there are after this. Sure. Like unless these children have kids with themselves, that's not what happens according to the books. Like Chase. Prince Caspian and his family, sure. the kings and queens of Archenland, the people from the desert, which we'll get into the weird racism side of that in a few books. But like, all. These are humans. Like, these are people because people were left in the last book, which is also the sixth book, but it's still the last book. Chase, answer the question that the, that I, everyone wants to know. What happened to Frank and Helen and all of their kids? Frank! What happened, <laughs> Frank, <laughs> what happened to our, our Brooklyn leaders of Narnia and all of their children? Where are they? What happened? Are Maybe the humans gone? Are they conveniently misplaced? Here's what I think happened. I think that when the queen came back into Narnia, I think that the humans had to retreat from their rule into Archenland. I think this is like a 20th century fall of monarchy situation, Mm. and they're just going to chill with their close relations that are also the kings and queens of the neighboring country because all mm. kings and queens are actually related. Look of at course. the history books. I've watched um, The Crown. Yeah, it's uh, – I mean also watch Catherine the Great, except don't if you're a child. But like, don't do it. It's a, it's a thing. Um, I guess, yeah. I mean that makes sense. But is Archenland in winter? Is it, is, does it get some sunshine? That's a like, good question. He like, didn't really build out a lot of the like actual stuff about the other nations in this world or mm-hmm. the other like places. I don't in, know what to call in them. Prince Caspian, like you said, there will be humans and a lot of them. Yeah. And, and there's islands and there's a giant desert. <laughs> the only humans that we're aware of that are in Narnia, at least to our knowledge right now, uh, and at the end of this book are the four Pevensey children and they didn't have any offspring of their own, at least not in Narnia. So where are the children coming from? Where are these humans? 
they've got to be somewhere. Did they get frozen? Like, and if so, like, why do these humans are like, are they just like wandering? Are they hiding? Why did those humans not count for the future prophecy that will be foretold? Why are they not sons of Adam and daughters of Eve? Because Frank and Helen were. Yeah. There's. This is a plot hole. This is definitely a plot hole. We've, we've, or at least this is a contradiction because this is the first book. It's not a plot hole yet. The plot hole will come when there, in fact, turns out to be other humans in Narnia in the very next book. Correct. It is, uh, as we mentioned with the wardrobe, a convenient plot device. Uh, but regardless, she asks him, What are you? And, like, first, she should know. But second, like, we've said this before. Don't answer these questions, Edmund. Like, yeah, all of these kids are not great. Don't answer the adult. questions of strangers you meet in the woods. Don't get in the car. Don't uh, do it. Yeah. But she gets out of him that she's that he's a boy and that is in fact a human uh, after what? just blatantly, blatantly roasting him. She goes, yeah. I see that you are an idiot. Whatever else you may be. Honestly, hilarious roast. So good. Really funny. I just <laughs> like, I just love that Jadis calls Edmund an idiot to his face and he still joins her. This oh, yeah. is populism at work. This it is was, this is more proof that Jadis is who we think she is. Yeah. And she goes, Are you human? And then in my mind, I said, Or are you dancer? <laughs> And then uh, Edmund says, dancer, sorry, he says, I am a human. Uh, he he does respond that he is, in fact, a real boy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she already knew that he was on holiday. So this is all that was left. <laughs> this, to is, this is pertinent information that he is on holiday. By holiday from school, do you mean like escaping the blitzkrieg that is it's happening in London? It is. Maybe it's both summer vacation and also the Blitzkrieg. <laughs> hey, uh, you know, Uncle Uncle Diggory, do you mind, or non-Uncle Diggory, Professor, do hey, you mind if we come to professor your... professor in the countryside. <laughs> do you mind if we come to your estate? We're off of school, and also our home is being bombed. Yeah. Thanks. Hey, we're just looking for a good vacation, and also the sky is raining fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, holiday. That's what we'll call it. But she finds out that he's a human, uh, and then she goes, how, pray, did you come into my dominions? First, weird thing to say. Like, just yeah. use, like, weird verbiage. Weird announce. Like, I just mean, she say does, She does like, talk where like did you queen. Sure. She's uh, trying real hard. And Edmund, as a good, respectable kidnap-y, says, through a wardrobe. Duh. Stop. Like, credit due. Like, at least... Like to you know it, it like as far as kidnappers go and like you know manipulative uh like horrible horrible people go at least she's a quote unquote queen and looks respectable and authoritative and she's yeah. not talking or like Edmund's not talking to a goat man yeah like you could if you want to make this an analogy of you're walking along the side of the road and a cop pulls up like sure. like. Think what you want to think about police officers. But in that situation, it makes sense for you to answer the questions of the authority figure in front of you. And being a Brit, Edmund is going to have a lot of respect for the queen. Yeah, oh, for sure. Like, 
he's he understands at least some level monarchy and the fact that like he is lower she is higher she has the power in this situation sure. all that to say but yeah Jadis, still a horrible person but at yeah. least she's not a goat man yeah. like mr tumnus it is less insane that edmund is talking to her than it is that lucy is talking to tumnus but what is insane cal mm-hmm. yeah. is this line right here because oh yeah know, let's edmund, do this edmund says that he came in through a wardrobe yes and Ha, said the queen, speaking more to herself than to him. A door, a door from the realm of men. I have heard of such things. What? Have people come through the wardrobe before? She's heard tell of a door from the world of men? What does this mean? And And also, later in the chapter, she knows where the entrance to the wardrobe is because she gives him directions to it. Uh, so you, what you're going to do is you're going to see the lamppost, take a right, you're going to keep going through the woods until you find your wardrobe. This is a massive issue, if true. Chase, how does she know about it? Can she get in? Or is yeah. she, like, is she prevented from entering the world of in? Like, I mean... It, I have to assume, I have to assume that she can't, maybe because of the tree. That That's what I was just thinking, it's made of the tree that mm. is her repellent. Maybe she can't go into the wardrobe. If this is the only legit door into the world of men, maybe that's the reason she can't get in, but she's aware of it. Like, but also, we know that there's a cave in the world of men where people from Narnia just randomly pop up it, but that's Nick's book, so it doesn't matter. There's also a painting onto a boat. like Yeah, but that's different kind of magic. Yeah, well, There's yeah, a surprising yeah. number of ways through this multiverse. Sure, um, but she's aware of this place. And I guess we have to assume that she's being repelled. I like the theory that this is from, like, because it's from the tree that repelled her. Like, she can't get in. I do. I like that. I enjoy that. Because yeah, knowing also, her personality. If, if, as we mentioned at the end of last book, the wardrobe entrance is where the tree was originally planted, she would know where her repellent tree was planted. And she still can't maybe enter in through over there. But she's aware. That, yeah. I like that. I'm for this. I, also... I, Listeners, if you have just started listening to us in the line The Witch in the Wardrobe book, which I'm sure there are some, um, if you don't know what we're talking about, the magician's nephew, there is a magic tree that's planted to keep the witch out of Narnia for centuries. That tree is also, there's a version of it planted in the real world, in Earth, and that tree gets turned into the wardrobe. And so that's why this wardrobe is magic is because it's made out of a tree from Narnia that has magic rings inside of it that are transportation to Narnia in the first book. If you weren't, if you weren't able to just assume and guess that that's where the wardrobe came from, that's now, you know, if it wasn't clear before now, now, it's now it's as clear as it was before. Clear, clear as a pool in the world in the wood between the worlds. Uh, so she knows this door, right? She's being repelled by it, I guess. Uh, but then Chase, the next phrase she utters. Not only does she know of this door, she goes, "This may wreck all, but he's only one, and he is easily dealt with." Here's the deal. I talk to myself sometimes. You know, if I'm trying to get something done, sure. I'll have a little personal sidebar. Uh, but if people are around, particularly maybe, let's say, a person who you're planning on eventually murdering, maybe don't 
reveal in your personal sidebar that they are quote unquote easily dealt with. Yeah. Yeah. Listeners, if you want to kidnap someone or, or murder them, definitely don't tell them you're about to do it. It generally doesn't work, but I guess <laughs> but it with does Ed, in this instance, but it does in this <laughs> one. So, Oh my gosh. Uh, and then like, it, you know, this because she now realizes, like, oh, this one's going to be easily dealt with, and this is a human. She understands. She's she, the, the the wheels are turning in her manipulative, horrible mind. She, really, more she, in her mouth than her mind at this point. True. She just outright says she she begins speaking in a nice, soft, and loving and charming tone, and she goes, "My poor child." And Chase, as we've seen so far, it's time to bring in the weird child charm slash seduction yeah, that we've I have already my red seen. flag ready. Yep. It, it we are here and ready for these flags. And uh, you know, she is ready. Lydia? She like Jadis is once more ready to uh ask for financial aid and for a child to be her future uh, uh you know prince and slash if Edmund king. had Bernie Sanders gloves, he wouldn't be so cold. He's he's just he's chilling. He would be fine. That, Bernie knows how Bernie knows how to bundle up. He will that meme to, keeps giving. It's so later. funny. I love it, and I will never not love it. Uh, uh, but yeah, we talked about red flags with Mister Tumnus in chapter two. It's only fitting that we talk about red flags here with the queen. She invites him, a young boy, into her car. Yep. She offers him candy. Yep. She asks him where he lives. Yep. She asks him to bring her other children. Yep. And then she offers to let him live with her. Yep. These are all gigantic red flags. Yep. Which, as we know, J- Jadis is a terrible, cruel, damn fine woman. Sure. Edmund is in danger, and he even knows he's in danger. We are told he knows that he's in danger, and it's yep. not chill that these things are happening. But he still goes along with it anyways. Because, and the queen does have his number here, he's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> You're, she, she calls it how she sees it. She and she's is, right. She, she's, when she's right, she's right. When she's on the nose about something, she's she's on the nose. But is her nose like, red like her mouth? <laughs> probably. Uh, it's at least uh, a giant, uh, you know, it's, it's a wooden nose like Pinocchio that keeps growing. Because she's it's a liar. Icicle nose. Uh, but... Um, she she magics him up some some sort of warm hot drink out of a vial that she yes. does not drink out of. Yes, like, of course, the Veritas serum of Narnia. Of course, uh, and then she magics him up. She goes, "Well, well my child, are, are are you hungry? Would you like something to eat? Maybe a sweet." And I think this are you might woman be. Now? I think this might be Edmund's most egregious crime. Granted. Don't accept food from strangers. Don't accept anything because it could be poison. Probably is. Uh, could be roofied. You never know. But out of all of the things in the world that he could ask for, she like at this point he's already on the idiot train, right? He asked for Turkish delight, Chase. I've had Turkish delight, which it's meh at best. I haven't, and because I'm using the internet to talk to you right now. I don't feel like looking it up. Could you explain to me and the other uninitiated what Turkish delight is? It's like, it's a little pastry and you can like, you know, coat it in like sugar and whatever, but it's generally got like, 
like nuts in it or like an almond or something like that. And then some sort of like, you can have some sort of filling or whatever. Um, it's an almond joy. Are you, are you no, describing almond it's not, joy? It's not like a candy bar. It's like a little fluffy pastry kind of thing that you dust with like powdered sugar. It, it's kalachi. It, I, I also, maybe I just had like, you know, I've not had, uh, you know, great Turkish delight. Uh, but it's, it's kind of just like a little, it's a little pastry. It's, you can have it. It's got a little, like, you can have little, uh, like flavors and whatnot in it. Um, Interesting. you can have the creams movie, or jellies like, or jams, but in the movie, it looks like caramel bites covered in powdered sugar. That's, you can have them like that for sure. Um, there's generally like, you know, walnuts or some kind of like, like nut like that in there. I mean, what you're describing sounds better than what the movie depicts. I encourage you to look I like it up. a pastry. Sure. I like a pastry too. There was nothing wrong. Like when Turkish I'm driving delights. through West Texas, I am not, not stopping at the check stop or Slava checks and getting some kolaches. It's not quite like that. I encourage you look it up. If you like, it's hard to describe exactly what Turkish delight is. But it's it's like a little yeah like a little cube powdered cube with like a little mm, like favorite shape. It's it's just meh to me. Like there are so many better sweets. Like you would never for me. And I don't like if I'm wrong. If listeners are diehard Turkish delight fans out there, go ahead and at me, and I'm fine with this. Uh, but there's just there's so much better like sweets that you could pick as a Which, Brit. Go get some good chips. Go get yeah. some like go get a yeah, good go biscuit. Get some, go get some delicious shepherd's pie. Um, <laughs> get a, get a nice biscuit, which like is a, a cookie. cookie. Yeah, like get a nice chocolate cookie. chip biscuit. Yeah, um, those are so much better. Like if you're gonna ask for anything from your potential kidnapper, at least make it worth it. I mean, this does bring me to a question that I wanted to ask. Because again, it's super creepy that Jadis is trying to tempt Edmund to come live sure. with her. Sure, but. Like, what would be the thing that would work for you? Because for Edmund, it's a room <laughs> full of Turkish delight. Uh, and like, what would be the room to get you to her house? I used to ask people this question as, if you were a dragon but couldn't hoard tre- treasure, what would you hoard? Um, what is the Jadis's house temptation? I feel like the question. Casting? I feel like the question you're really getting at is like, what is your price? Right? Like, what's yeah. How valuable, what is your price? What's what your, do you value most? Um, what What's the price that you're willing to, I don't know, sell out an innocent fawn? Well, semi-innocent. Okay, uh, hold up. What's, what's the price? Hot take. It's a good thing that Edmund reported to the authorities that Mr. Thomas <laughs> was talking to Lucy. It's a bummer that it ends up being it an evil fascist dictator. Evil yeah. But that was a good thing to do. Good if call. you have friends talking to older men who are inviting them back to their house as a child... Tell someone. Please. That's actually. I if beg you. That's tell also, someone. you know, legally required. Yeah, call uh, the police. So, tell their parents. But to be fair, so what is what is your price that you're willing to sell someone out? What is the price that you're willing to, uh, you know, bring your your like siblings and other loved ones into servitude of some sort? Sure, uh, there's the and, weird slavery side of and, this. And but... what is and what is the price that you are willing to sell your soul, sell yourself out, right? I mean, uh, fair. But like he doesn't know all of these things, obviously. 
I do encourage listeners to steal this question from me with your friends. I love asking people what, the question. What if would you, make you kidnappable? No, no. If you were a dragon, but you couldn't hoard treasure, what would you hoard? That is one of my favorite icebreaker questions. It's a weird one, but people's answers are always so interesting to me because you're yeah. really just asking, hey, what do you care about most or what do you like the most? But you're doing it in a way that isn't like weird and, and sure. straightforward. Yeah. I usually what? say a cave full of puppies. That's too many puppies, Chase. De- definitely husky puppies. I don't have to clean up after them. If um, you, man, that's that's a lot of stipulations on this on this rule. I, I don't mean, know. How, it's whatever I want, Kel. I guess there's so. husky already puppies that never age or poop. So yeah, many husky puppies. <laughs> Great. That's sure. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> if I was, if I had a cave, uh, you know. I don't know, man. That's that's tough because it's hard for me separating my logic from this where I'm like, if I never feel the effects of this, you know, a bunch of cookies would be great. Like chocolate chip cookies sure. would be. Well, as I, we I'm established it, last chapter, if you eat a bunch of stuff in Narnia and then go back and to come the back, world, it cancels out the calories. It cancels out. So I'm for that then. I mean, chocolate chip cookies, are they're just delicious, pure they, deliciousness we, or, you know, a I good. make some chocolate chip cookies later. Hey, that do it, man. sounds really good. Hey, you're worth it. I, I am. I am. Thank you, hey, Cal. I got you. You're, you're, you're like, I would, I would give you some chocolate co- chip cookies to kidnap you, Chase. Can I would. they come live with you? Hey, got a spare room over here. Spare room? Mm-hmm. I was, see, it's hard because like, if you just say it quickly, it just sounds like spare room. But like, I tried to be like spare room, but I wanted it to be casual. Uh, but she it's casual kidnapping casual kidnapping maybe we'll watch a movie uh you never know uh but is this a date i don't know it's, it's uh it's whatever you want it to be chase uh, uh, i've got a story <laughs> to tell you after this by the way good uh i look forward to it uh speaking of uh you know weird kidnapping uh so she the queen jadis the white witch she has uh given edmund this turkish delight and she knows that uh, the more he eats, the more he's going to want to eat. And it makes him, it is like a Vereda serum. If you're not aware, Vereda serum is a uh, potion. It's a Harry, yeah, it's a Harry, Harry Potter, Potter truth potion. That is, it's truth serum. Yeah. Uh, it's it's kind of like the Harry Potter version of waterboarding. Um, if you do it, they're going to tell you what you want to know. Except it requires no torture. Uh, uh, at least it's, not it's physical still torture. illegal in the Harry Potter world. It's if you read back the books, it definitely has some torture vibes. It's just not as painful. Ethically questionable at best. If <laughs> if you are taking away someone's consent to share that information, it is ethically ethically not okay. You're absolutely right. Down with down with Umbridge, one hundred percent. Right um, for sure. So, Worst villain in Harry Potter. For sure, Voldemort looks at her and goes, "Man, you're you're taking this a little too far." Uh, but uh, so the Queen knows that Edmund's just going to want to keep eating more and more, and she's got him on the hook at this point. And she knows that this is going to make him more readily uh, cooperative with uh, giving out information. She's uh, and she's also not like he like Edmund isn't going to be as inquisitive about this um and so she asks him about his family he tells her that she's got a brother and two sisters and she is 
intrigued. She is very fascinated that there are two boys and Ooh. two girls. I wonder if that's going to play. Four of you, you say? Four? Uh, it's, it's almost like this is going to come up later and, and that this is kind of an important detail. But she, she tells him, or he tells her that he has, you know, these siblings. And then he tells her that one sister's already been to Narnia and has met a fawn. Chase, we, we talked about this a couple chapters ago where we were like, you know, Mr. Tumnus is kind of in the clear, right? Like, yes, the, the, the witch has spies everywhere, but like, if they he didn't he, see him try to kidnap, this they little didn't girl. see him try to kidnap this little girl. Later on, we're going to find out from Lucy that he's good, that all is well. And that like, you know, his, his timely repentance of child kidnapping has paid off that like everything seems to be okay, except for this snitch, you know, granted, like you said, if you see something happening that is sketchy, report it. But snitches get stitches, dog. You can't trust Fonz. Everyone knows it. A lot more people are saying it lately. Who knows? Maybe they're right. Fonz are all liars. Fake news. Queen Jade is 2024. Definitely not a witch. Just a beautiful queen forever. Don't trust Crooked, no. crooked Tumnus. That's what I call him. Twisted Tumnus. That's what he is. Twisted like his horns. Change the language. <laughs> Charge the lamppost. Take down the Twisted Tumnus. I am Jadis. I approve this message. Man, timely. Uh, <laughs> I, I cut out the worst parts. That's good. I, it's probably for the best. Uh, but this is so like this is how Jadis is going to find out about Tumnus, and he she will have him arrested because of this and brought to uh, by her by her Gestapo. Uh, she's but going to have him taken away uh, for harboring. Definitely, definitely anti Gestapo. Am pro arrest Tumnus. Don't arrest Tumnus. Proper authorities led by Aslan. Yeah, Aslan, Let's, please take care of this of predator. Mr. Tumnus. Uh, yes, please, uh, apex predator Aslan, take care of this child predator Tumnus. Uh, yes. Fascist dictator Nazi Jadis, don't send your Gestapo after him for harboring a child. This is getting some real Nazi Germany vibes in here. Yeah. And you'll see this not later about as that. well. Not, uh, not for that. Um, sure. But again, the reason we keep calling her a fascist, because we made this joke a lot in the last book as well, is because C.S. Lewis she, is writing this in response to World War II. Yes. Like, we're, not, we're not just making those jokes because we're making those jokes because that is actually the, the subtext of this book. He is Hitler. And like she, like Tumnus is getting in trouble by a secret police for harboring a. We're not going to say Jew because that's not what Lucy is, but that's the reference here. I mean, like, we don't know that. I guess we not. don't know we, anything about their ethnicity. I mean, given the fact that C.S. Lewis is writing this, and they're I mean, all going to end up in heaven. Look, C.S. Lewis, Aslan like his boy Tolkien. Everyone is probably white because that's a blind spot they have. That's probably true. But we don't know. You are right. Um, and so uh, it is. But yeah, that is a thing. But we'll talk about that a whole lot more throughout this book because it will be made apparent and obvious. Um, but all that to say, the queen knows that this is in some, some enchanted Turkish delight. So maybe it's better than what I've had. Uh, and that anyone who has tasted it 
would want more and more and more. They would never stop, never have any self-control. And that if they are given the chance that they would eat themselves to death. And so she knows that she has got Edmund on the hook. Um, and then this is where her line of questioning, like you have to assume that Edmund is like under a spell because otherwise he he's dumb. Like, like, like she, she was right in calling him an idiot because she goes, I like, I'd love to see your brothers and sisters. Would you bring them to me? Why? Like, um, she goes, he goes, man, I just love some more Turkish delight. Um, you know, the magic only works once here. Uh, yeah. Okay. Why? Like ask a question. Uh, I have no children of my own. I'd love a nice boy to become a prince that I could raise as king. And you're so clever and so handsome. Stop. Yeah, obviously not. Definitely not that. She's clearly like, she called you an idiot two minutes ago. Now she's calling you clever. Probably not telling the truth in one of those situations. But I don't know. I think Edmund is dumb in the way that all kids are dumb, in the sense that he's naive because he hasn't lived any life yet. But I don't know. Legit question. Now the ethics of this. Is Edmund culpable for the information that he gives when being manipulated by magic? Mm. To like can we hold him to the standards we would hold him to if he was doing this without the Turkish delight? I think he is culpable, but I don't think he is I I, I wouldn't as much hate as I've given Edmund. I don't want to make it seem like he is ultimately the most evil. Um, but I do think by accepting temptation, by joining in with the queen, I think there is an ability of his, like, I don't think this is, um, I don't think that this is completely like, she is just, there's no way he could have stopped himself. I think there is, some sort of willpower and resistance that could have gone into here. And especially given the fact that he will be held responsible later. Oh, sure. Um, I think he'll be held responsible, but not guilty. Well, eventually not guilty. Uh, but he, I think his actions, I think he is culpable to a degree, but culpable to a degree is still culpable. Uh, yeah. it, to get, to I, put I it in it, sin terms. I he's think it not, does affect the level of responsibility he holds, but he still has some responsibility. Agreed. And any responsibility is some respons- is, yeah, uh, is and, responsibility enough. Yeah, there's still a moral weight to it. I think that's fair. Sure. That's how I would define this. But like, for all the Edmund haters, including myself, like, he, I, I wouldn't, you know, give him too hard of a time because yeah as will be made apparent through this book we are edmund yeah yeah i was about to say like it's funny to me that you root hard against edmund because rooting against edmund is like rooting against peter in the bible like this is like we are the edmund in this story we are not aslan in this story thank you we're so not much. we're not even we're not even the fawns or the animals that are good we're we're Edmund. Yeah, like we we that's like that the is whole point that is the moral point of this story, uh, this allegory, which this is an allegory. Um, yeah. <laughs> Made very clear. Yeah. So 
again, like, I get rooting for the good guy, but also, let's have sympathy for the people that reflect normal human beings. And Edmund will become super dope. Oh, sh- for sure. Just not yet. Uh, I do, it, it is funny, getting back to the story, and like right after the queen calls him the cleverest and handsomest uh, young boy she's ever met. Go on. Uh I love, this is another really funny C.S. Lewis narrator interjection. And it says, he did not look either clever nor handsome, whatever the queen might say. It was so good. (laughs) It's just like, BT dubs, he wasn't. (laughs) Uh, Gotta love an author that's willing to openly dunk on their characters. Oh, yeah. I love, like, those are some of the best moments. Uh, But he goes on. She's wanting to see his siblings. So she says, there's nothing special about them. Thanks for still being a tool, Edmund. Uh, but ask some questions, bro. Why is she so persistent about meeting your siblings? Yeah. Like, she doesn't need to make anyone dukes and duchesses. That's a bogus excuse. Like, keep asking questions, man. Yeah, that's... I mean, which kids are not very inquisitive a lot of the times when it comes to... Not at the right things. They they will ask you why a million times unless it's important. Correct. But... Uh, but all that to say, just ask some questions. And then she goes, no, no, no. Just go get your siblings and bring them back. And we can do all this at my house. How am I going to... Like, I don't even know the way back to my house, let alone yours. And this is what we talked about earlier. She knows exactly where. This is wild. She I, says, I, yeah. I cannot believe that... She can point him exactly to where the entrance to the wardrobe is. And if this is true, why not just station a guard right outside that location? Why not burn the forest to the ground? Why not build a wall around the wardrobe? Yeah, they're not... (laughs) No, I'm just going to stop before I say something I shouldn't... Uh, But continue, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it is just absolutely insane that she, honestly, she is not doing a good job of being the dictator of Narnia if she was aware of how they could get in and still let them wander in. Very bad planning. She's like, she's up there with Voldemort in terms of bad planning, like for a bad guy. Which, like, of course, hubris is the death of every villain. But it's... Wow. She's been around for a while. She should know better. This seems like the largest plot hole ever. Like... Like... Whatever. Somehow, this is fine. She knows where the where her, where her antagonists will come from. And does nothing to stop them from entering. I mean, Even maybe if you she think just you can... notice because she likes to visit the lamp because that was her first tree to plant. Mm. It's nostalgia. Mm. True. I can relate. But like, uh, maybe you think you can defeat your enemies in person. Sure. But also, why fight when you don't have to? She easily could have won. Yeah. But then again, there wouldn't have been a story Yeah, if I mean, she this... had just... Bird the force down. This is at the end of the day a plot device, but I feel like it m- would have made a lot more sense 
for Edmund to be like, oh, I didn't walk very far. I can find my way back. Then sure. For her immediately to say, no, solves everything. That wardrobe you were talking about, I know exactly where that is. Me, and the evil queen, trying to destroy anyone coming through that wardrobe. And again, maybe it's the repellent of the like the tree itself. I mean, but I think like, that makes the most sense that's, out of anything. That's the only but, answer, but still, Station of Guard. Yeah, it's so crazy. She can obviously get to the lamppost. Yeah. And Station like, of she, Guard. She has the resources. Why not do something She has more, the technology. More proactive. Like, like, why not get her top scientists building something that could <laughs> maybe ensure <laughs> that if anyone <laughs> was going to come through that wardrobe... It would be mutually assured destruction. By her top scientist, do you mean the fat dwarf, the the wolf guy from later on, or like the the you know the beasts that she commands? <laughs> like, I mean, she has trees on her side. She could have them sur- She could have them destroy the wardrobe for her. Fair I points, don't know. Chase. Fair points. There's it's... gotta be a solution, but she doesn't figure it out. Oh. But anyway. She says, that's where you live. And if you look over here, my house is between these two hills. Like, not super helpful because depending on where you go, that's going to lead you to a lot of different locations. Yeah, right? it's a vague direction. But whatever. She's got a big house. Maybe she, they're and, big hills. Who knows? So, who knows? But she she's like, all right, great. And then she goes, you needn't tell them about me. Wouldn't it be fun to keep it a secret between you and me? Nope. For anyone listening immediate red flag never agree to keep something a secret from someone else you don't know what they're about to say you don't know if you will have to communicate this truth like and in a situation like this she's obviously not wanting herself to be made aware because she's going to go on to say your sister has met one of the fawns and she may have heard some strange stories about me some nasty stories that uh uh, that you know they may have told about me uh fawns will say anything you know like what like why would the fawns have said nasty stories about her and you need to at least ask about this and like get an explanation like they'll say these things about me why are they saying these things about you? At least if she's good, she needs to at least be like, well, there was a misunderstanding and blah, blah, blah. What? Uh, haters, fake news. Haters or something, you know? But like, she just openly admits to nasty stories being existent about her. And he goes, okay, sounds good. Everyone knows you can't trust a fawn. Everyone knows you can't trust a fawn and you shouldn't shut yourself into a wardrobe. Also, if you read into that, probably some weird racism, like Nazi sure. propaganda. Some speciesism. There. Sure. Yeah, it's uh it's not great. I mean great. part part of the Nazi strategy was to dehumanize the Jewish people and and all the people that they uh were trying to eradicate from their sure. country. Sure. Um, it's it's not good, but she goes on her way. Says toodaloo, peace out. I like I'll see you later, I guess. Um, and then conveniently, Lucy shows up right after she leaves, so that she doesn't know about the White Witch. Which, they reunite. How quickly does she get away? How quickly does Lucy walk up? Like, don't worry about time. Uh, you never worry about time in Narnia. It's the Don't first rule of it. Narnia. Don't worry about time. It's one of the first rules, at least. 
no, the first rule is don't shut the door behind you. True, true. Everyone knows this. Uh, so they they reunite, and Lucy's super pumped to see Edmund, and Edmund's like, <laughs> again, needs to work on his apology game. He goes, I'm sorry, I'll say sorry if you like. And it doesn't say sorry. <laughs> but, like, just continues on. Uh, and well, to be fair, he is probably about 50% on the side of the witch at this point. I think more, <laughs> as we'll see. At least 50%, at least half. Uh, but they, they, you know, they get together. And then Edmund's like, hey, I'll say sorry if you like, but where have you been? Which is a fair question to ask. Now he can ask good questions. Yeah. Um, and she well, goes... He's out of touch delight. We've hated on Edmund for a while. Let's get back to our our previous hatred of the foolish decisions. He's not the only dummy in the family. He's not the only one. Uh, And she goes, oh, I've been having lunch with dear Mr. Tumnus. Uh, Excuse me, Stockholm Syndrome? Like, Like, what in his previous interaction with you was like, I should get lunch with that guy. He was a really nice, charming kidnapper. You know, I'd like to talk to him more. I know he wanted to kidnap me, but he was so nice to me. He had cute little goat horns and hooves, like, <laughs> so sweet. But then she goes, and the white witch hasn't found him out yet. Uh, well, I hope someone hasn't told him, uh, told her about him, because that would be a bummer. Yeah. Wah, 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 wah. Sorry, Mr. Tumnus. I mean, your, uh, yeah. your, your time is up. Mr. isn't even part of his name. That was her deal. But uh, as as was the opening quote of this chapter, uh, Edmund goes, um, uh, uh, white, white witch? Uh, uh, who, who, who's that? Who, who's this white witch? And Lucy then goes on to describe the exact person yeah. that Edmund, she's like, well, she rides around in a sled uh, drawn by two reindeer. She dresses in all white. She's got a wand and a crown. She calls herself the Queen of Narnia. Uh, and she, you know, has magic power. She turns people to yeah. stone, does horrible things, made everything. She's super interested in children. <laughs> like, Edmund's like, um, Like, uh, well, you know, you can't trust Fawns, though. You can't trust Fawns. Ed, it's, it's funny because we get a paragraph of Edmund's internal dilemma and it's like, Man, I this sounds a like this dangerous witch sounds a lot like who I've been interacting with. But that Turkish delight was so good. Mm, like tough candy, decision. Though. Turkish delight it is. <laughs> yep. Candy is better than family. Everyone knows it. Everyone knows this. Uh, and she says, you know, you can't always believe what fawns say. <laughs> Lucy goes, who says this? And everyone, everyone knows Everyone it. knows this. Everyone knows it. <laughs> I know it. You know it. Everyone knows it. People Don't enter a wardrobe it. and shut the door behind you. Don't trust a fawn. Everyone knows these things. <laughs> like... Literally, Edmund, you just admitted to knowing that this was said by a dangerous witch. <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, man. Yeah. The... No, no defense for your boy here? Oh, this is where I stopped <laughs> My whole thing is I wanted to be fair where we could be fair. Sure. Knowing this was coming. <laughs> and, yeah, the fact that he literally thinks to himself, yeah, I'm mostly on the side of the witch at this point. And also, I know that everyone else is going to be against this witch because clearly she's an evil person. 
So I'm gonna have to play. I'm gonna have to play this well. (laughs) He's he's sitting there holding a hand like he's playing cards and he's got nothing, and he knows that the other person has a royal flush and he's going, "How can I beat this?" All in. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, "I raise you." A room filled with Turkish delight. Please, for the love of God, give me some more. <laughs> but, you know, he's everyone will side with the witch. And Lucy goes, Edmund, you look sick. You better look sick, Edmund, because you, you're acting like it. You deserve <laughs> sick, to be dude. sick. Sick. <laughs> and, like, Lucy, still unaware, still dying, is like, oh, what wonderful adventures we're going to have now that we're going to be all in this together. Yes and no. You will eventually have those. Yeah. Maybe not so fun at first. I just love that she's like, oh, it's going to be so fun. And then Edmund to himself is like, well, it won't be as fun for me because I'm evil now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a thing. It's a it's a thing. Uh, Chase, we have reached the end of the chapter. Do you have any uh, further up and further in before we uh, call it? Or anything I, else before the? I think I'm good. How about you start us off uh, with some further up and further in? Sure. Uh, well, I just want to talk about the uh, promise that Jadis makes, or the queen. If you didn't listen to the first uh, book with us, the queen, the witch, her name is Jadis. Um, but she promises Edmund that he can be a king of Narnia. That if, if he does what she says, he will be a prince and someday a king whenever she passes which she will never pass. That's part of her whole deal. But anyways, um, as we know, having read the book before, Edmund is already going to be a king of Narnia. What? Not only that, but this is not a role that the witch can give. It's a position that only Aslan can bestow. And this idea that the bad guy is offering something that is technically already going to be true of the hero and doing that as an act of temptation is, like many things in these books, a biblical illusion. And so in Luke chapter 4, Jesus goes into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. And Satan tells Jesus that if he worships him, he will give Jesus all the kingdoms of the world. Now, if you know the big story of the Bible, Jesus is already going to be the ruler of the nations. The Old Testament says that the Messiah will rule the nations. The New Testament is the story of Jesus becoming king through the work of the cross. And the Bible ends in Revelation with Jesus ultimately bringing the nations together under the rule of God. And and he is God in the Christian view. And so Satan in this situation is trying to tempt Jesus with a position that he already has claim to and offers Jesus what Satan truly can't give because that authority only belongs to God. In The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, the queen offers Edmund a position that he already has claim to along with his siblings, and she offers what she can't give because that authority belongs to Aslan as the creator and ultimate king of Narnia. So this idea of promising what they can't give, this is actually a really common trope of villains in literature. And the idea that her temptation will be fulfilled through her downfall, like the fact that the way that Edmund is actually going to become a king of Narnia is through defeating the witch, is just this awesome piece of poetic justice in the flow of the story. 
Like, villains always bring about their own downfall, and Jadis will hand power over to Edmund and his siblings, but not because she wants to, but because, spoiler alert, she's gonna get beat. Boom. Uh... So my further up and further in, we've mentioned this before uh, in previous podcasts, but I want to talk about um, soft magic systems and versus hard magic systems and why soft magic systems can be confusing. We've talked about this already today in this podcast, but I want to talk just about the witch's powers. This is a weird, weird situation, and they're really undefined. This is the problem with introducing magic if you're not really going to talk about its limitations, if you're not going to talk about what are its guidelines, when can it work, when can it not work, how can it work, what can it do, what can it not do, all these things. It's really all over the board, and it's kind of weird. So her powers, she can turn people to stone. She has, like, snow powers, I guess, because she makes a winter. She can produce things out of thin air or at least through a potion of some sort. Uh, she can make everything frozen in winter, but is time also frozen because it never reaches Christmas is how it is phrased that like time just never moves to Christmas. So is this why everything is frozen uh, inside the real world? Is this why time doesn't pass right now? Is this why time is wonky? Um, why can't she go like she knows about the door and the wardrobe? Uh, but she can't go through it. Um, you know, why does the wardrobe sometimes work and sometimes not work? Why does time pass sometimes, sometimes not? Why does it move super fast other times? Uh, there is, you know, and granted, a lot of this is me nitpicking on a children's book. And with a children's book, you can get away with not explaining things as much because there's more wonder, there's more awe, there's less questions about like how why what do you mean because they're just like wow magic and so granted soft magic systems are great for producing a sense of unknown a sense of wonder of being like all you know is that this person is powerful what they can do is incredible it's it's different it's crazy and so that is good with soft magic systems but as you get older and you're reading soft magic systems they become confusing and frustrating because you go why is this inconsistent why doesn't this work when it previously used to? Uh, there needs to be rules, and that is called a hard magic system. Uh, that's why uh, if you enjoy things like this, I recommend a guy named Brandon Sanderson. He's a really great fantasy author who provides really structured magic systems that work in a very specific way. Uh, and so that's what I got uh, as we you know, have dove further up and further in uh, and sounds like we're out of turkish delight we're out of turkish delight don't you worry kel if you listen to the next podcast we'll give you a room full of turkish delight should Unless i you don't like it in which case we should i it just out. just me i i'm the only one that needs to be there or um, like um, well well bring bring your friends um if if you want to leave a five-star rating and review wherever you find this podcast whether it be apple Podcasts or spotify or audible or whatever like you should definitely do that. Like, if you do that, I'll give you some Turkish delight. Also, cool. if you if you go ahead and uh, follow our Instagram account at Chronicles of Podcasts, maybe even share it with your friends. Maybe even comment and inter interact because that would make us oh so happy. Um, and if yeah. you don't, we might have to get angry. Yeah, and you won't like us when we're angry. 
they seems like a lot of stipulations just to get some Turkish delight, which really isn't that great in general, but it seems worth it to me. I'll invite everyone I know to this podcast yes. uh, and I'll follow all of your uh, social media things and uh, it'll be great. Um, but uh, until you've re-entered uh, this podcast with all of your siblings and all of your friends, uh, we bid you adieu and we'll take a, a nice little trip on our sledge. Fake news. Peace. Let's not hit this with our car. That's like the same thing. I feel like the size of animals kind of baffles me and like their statistics. Like I I heard a thing once that like lions could jump like not vertically, obviously, but horizontally like 25. It was like, (laughs) like, yeah, did we talk about this? I don't think so. Okay. But it's like 25, 30 feet. Like, no, that's, that doesn't, that's not. They can re- jump that far horizontally. And I like I heard that when I was a kid, and I was like, whoa, lions are cool. And then now that I actually have a grasp of things, it was like, wait a minute. That doesn't like, seem physically possible. It's nuts. And then you start like how big lions are, and you're like, I guess that makes sense because lions are huge. 